0: Well, can you believe it? We are just days away from regathering. As a matter of fact, a week from today, we are going to gather together physically in the same place for the first time in Four months, crazy, crazy, crazy to think. I would encourage you, by the way, to stay tuned to our our Facebook page and to our website because our services are going to look a little bit different from what you might remember. And we wanna make sure that you are prepared um, to re-engage that way. So again, please, please, please stay tuned to Facebook, stay tuned to um, our website. And for those of you who don't feel comfortable coming back quite yet, boy, we love you and uh, we look forward to to worshiping together with you, even though that might happen from a slight distance. And um, speaking of regathering, We actually want to take some time uh, to look at a passage of scripture that we looked at as we entered quarantine. Because we thought, why not come out of this season of quarantine the way we went into the season of quarantine? By looking at a picture of a thriving church in the book of Acts. And by asking the question, how are we doing Just to take some time to take stock and ask, are we thriving as a church in the ways that matter most? So if you have a copy of the Bible, meet me in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and we're going to start reading at verse 42. And you're going to see the words appear on the screen below you here in a moment. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Here's this description of this epic, thriving church. How are we doing, Mission Point? It says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Some of you might remember the the weeks we took to just look at um, the anatomy of this thriving church. And we just want to go back here and ask, hey, how are we doing? Um, What an incredible picture of the church, a thriving church. In fact, a church that was thriving regardless of the fact that it was set in an environment that was hostile, an environment in which there was racial and political tension, but yet despite all of that, this church just thrived in the ways that mattered the most. I don't know if you you noticed some of those things in this passage of scripture. This was a church that was experiencing miracles, Miracles, not every two years, not every so often, but on a regular basis, the people of this movement were experiencing things that were humanly impossible, that could not be explained any other way than God moved in their And again, I don't know what your theological construct leaves room for or what your theological construct leaves out of the realm of possibility. I don't know what your spiritual appetite has taste for, but for me, I want to be a part of a thriving movement like this. I don't know about you, but I want to see people's bodies healed. I want to see stacy mccarty 's cancer evicted from her body. I want to see b- broken and I want to see breached relationships not just restored to what they once were, but restored to what they were designed to be. I want to see racial and I want to see political and I want to see interpersonal and I want to see religious tension just swept away by a torrential downpour of peace and unity. I want to see God doing things that we cannot explain any other way than he moved. I want to see things happening that no single human being would dare take credit for. How how are we doing, mission point? Are we poised for the miraculous? Are we experiencing God move in miraculous ways i don't know about you but i want to be a part of a church like that it says that this church in the book of acts experienced the favor of the community around it people who had nothing to do with jesus believed that their world was better because the church was around Again, I don't know about you, but, but this is what I want to be accused of as part of the church of Jesus Christ. Y'all are the most forgiving and the most generous and the most genuine and the most accepting and the most kind and the most honest and the most hardworking people we've ever encountered. We may never come to your church but we hope you never leave our city. The favor of the community rested heavily on the church. I wanna be a part of a church like that where people may not believe what we believe, but by the way we live, it makes what we believe believable to them. This church in the book of Acts was experiencing favor. I don't want to be a part of a church that is accused of being judgmental, accused of being jerks. Not because of the way we stand on truth, but because of the way we live and because of our posture and the way we talk to people and the things we post on I want to be part of a church that's experiencing the favor of its community. How are we doing? What do you think Mission Point Community Church's reputation in our county is? This church in the book of Acts experienced revival. Mm. This was a church that was seeing spiritually dead people waking to life, not on a semi-regular basis, not every now and then, not maybe once or twice a year, but on a regular basis. That should be the dream of every follower of Jesus Christ, to see the gospel doing its work, to see your friends and to see your family members leaving the kingdom of darkness and running into life and running into forgiveness and running into the freedom of Jesus as we invite them to him on a regular basis. Come on, I know for a fact you want to be a part of a thriving church like that. And I'm just asking, in light of this, how are we doing? Are you seeing folks come to life in Jesus? Are you holding out the hope of Jesus to those in the world around us, regardless of what the season is, regardless of the darkness and difficulty of the days in which we live, are you seeing hints of thriving in us? But as we looked and saw a number of months ago, um, this thriving church didn't experience all of these things by chance. No, this church thrived because of the things they practiced on a regular basis. The thriving of this church was a result of the things that this church regularly practiced. And that's where I want to just spend the the, the few minutes we have left just being honest and evaluating. Are we as a church practicing the kinds of things that propel us into the places where we see and experience the kind of thriving that they experienced in the book of Acts? In fact, we see in this passage that they didn't just practice the kinds of things that catapulted them into the thriving sphere— They devoted themselves to practicing those kinds of things. They devoted themselves to it. Intentionally and repeatedly, they would go back to these practices, and as they went back to these practices, over and over and over again, the gates of heaven opened and they started to experience the inexplicable. Among them, through them, and they started to see awakening around them. How are we doing? Verse 42 again says this. They, the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves. It wasn't if it may be conveniently fit on their calendar. It wasn't if it worked out for their schedule. No, it drove their schedule. They were devoted to these things. Show me a thriving church, and I'll show you a church with a remnant of people who are devoted to the kinds of practices that make way for miracles, that make way for favor, that make way for. Awakening. Show me a church that's experiencing awakening, that's experiencing favor, that's experiencing the miraculous. I'll show you a church with a remnant of people who are practicing, devoted to repeatedly and intentionally practicing the kinds of things that position us for that. So, is that us? How are we doing deliberately and intentionally practicing some of the things we talked about just a few months ago, Um, are we a church with that kind of a remnant, with those kinds of practices? Well, let's find out. Hey, let's review. What were some of the things that the church in the book of Acts practiced? Verse 42 again says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Luke tells us they devoted themselves to a number of things. And I trust that even in the coming weeks, we're gonna to get to revisit it in some way or another, some of these practices to ask ourselves, is this what we're doing? Or are we one of those churches that just hopes heaven is going to move powerfully in us, through us, and around us? Are we intentionally practicing these things? And one of the first things we saw is that they were devoted to the truth of Jesus. The truth of Jesus. Luke refers to it in verse 42 as the apostles' teaching. Um, The apostles were a group of men that walked closely with Jesus for a couple of years. And as such, they were the group of men into whom Jesus downloaded his teaching, his words, his truth. Um, therefore, the truth of Jesus came to the church through these apostles. Um, the church wasn't devoted to the apostles. The church wasn't devoted to the apostles' unique approach to teaching. The church was devoted to the truth of Jesus that came through these Apostles, this was a movement of people who were hungry for the truth of Jesus, driven by the question, what does Jesus have to say about this? Because whatever Jesus has to say about this ultimately drives and determines what we decide and what we do. They were devoted to the truth of Jesus. Christ, not just to learn it, but to live it. Show me a church that's hungry to know the words of Jesus. Show me a church that is driven by what Jesus says. Show me a church that determines its decisions based on what Jesus has revealed. And I'll show you a church that's thriving. I'll show you a church that's experiencing favor and is experiencing the miraculous and is experiencing awakening. Um, I, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a part of a church that's just itchy to regather. I wanna be a part of a movement that is hungry for the words of Jesus. I wanna be part of a church that is hungrier for the words of Jesus than we are, for for a sentimental experience or or, or hungrier than we are to just be together or, or to hug somebody or whatever the case may be, as beautiful as those things may be if you're the hugging kind of person. I want to be a part of a church that is hungry for the words of Jesus. I want to be a part of a movement whose lives are driven by the question, what does Jesus have to say about that? Because what Jesus has to say will determine what we decide and what we do. So, let's take stock. If the church is not a building, but the church is the people who make it up. Then let me ask us as the people, how are we doing? Hunger check. How is your appetite for the words of Jesus? How much are you being driven by what Jesus has to say. How much is the truth of Jesus driving your decisions? And by the way, I'm, I'm legitimately asking, and if you're brave enough to type it into the chat, give yourself a grade. But if not, I'd encourage you to at least have a conversation with some of the people in in your circle and and answer this question honestly. Because, listen, we can come back and we can regather. But if we come back without a a hunger for the truth of Jesus, what's the point? I want to be a part of a thriving church, not just a gathering church. And I know you do, too. So let's honestly ask the question, How much is the truth of Jesus driving what we do, driving what we think, driving what we decide? Because we cannot thrive as a church if we take our ultimate cues from anything else. How are we doing? Um, In the season of tension and drama, and division and in a season of a thousand loud voices. Is the voice of Jesus the one that is dialed up the loudest? Is the truth of Jesus the one that is driving most strongly? Because man, I've noticed a lot of competing voices And you knew on medal, Um, top of the list, Um, political party, top of the list, not even close. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Talk to any preachers you know, and they'll tell you the thing that they are constantly navigating in the church. What are you most concerned about? Are you most concerned that you may get up there and misinterpret a verse? Mm -mm. I'm concerned that I might get up there and, and send the wrong signal politically and just send a chunk of people to the doors. Political party. There is a fire in the church to defend its political party with vicious devotion. I'm so thankful I don't have to take a moment to describe to you or to define for you what devotion looks like. We are living it. The only question is to what? I don't have to describe to you what being driven by something means. Boy, we're on cruise control. The question is driven by what? There is a fire in the church driven by the question, does this give any points to the opposing side? Because ooh, 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 if it does, ooh, if it gives any, any points to the other side, I am out. I am driven by avoiding anything that might even come close to affirming that political side. It is a motivator. How do we protect? How do we promote our candidate? Listen to me. If that's what's driving us, let's just not bother regathering. Heaven is not interested. And yet, in the church, there's a fire that I trust the Spirit of God will extinguish and ignite a fresh flame for the truth of Jesus Christ. The fire of political party, I don't know if you knew this, it cannot revive. If we get all of that right, (laughs) there is no power in that for spiritual awakening. There is no power in that for experiencing favor in our community. What we experience is division in our community. There is no power in that to heal your marriage. There's no power in that to see your wayward kids come home. There is no power in that to see bodies rid of disease. But the truth of Jesus, come on, somebody. How are we doing? What's driving us? I don't want to be a part of a movement that Jesus eventually says, man, if y'all would be half as fired up about what I say as you are about what the other candidate said or what the other side said or or what, you would be thriving by now. How are we doing? What's, What's driving us? Personal rights, that's another big one. Can we be honest? Driven by the question, how do I protect my personal rights? By the way, that is a great question. Just not a question that should drive the church. Hear me out. That is a fine question, but it's a terrible driver for the church of the living God because You will find you can protect your personal rights and miss the places the Spirit of God is leading us. And if you don't believe me, then ask Jesus, who did not consider his rights to be God something to be clung to. But he made himself nothing and took on the form of a servant. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross if he had been driven primarily by the question of his personal rights, we wouldn't be talking about regathering. We wouldn't be talking about the possibility of being part of a thriving church. It's a fine question, but it's not the one that should ultimately drive. And before you know it, we are at war over whether or not to wear a mask. And um, I'm smiling because it's silly. Um, And we'll be embarrassed when we stand before Jesus and have to tell him how much energy we spent fighting over a piece of cloth. And we lost the sense of the souls behind them. It is crazy to me that before long, that the church can, can, can forget that there are souls behind these masks or non-masks, whose eternal destiny is in peril. Those are great conversations to have. Those are great questions to ask, whether for personal conviction or, or, or whether it's your medical considerations, but that is not what ultimately drives the church. How are we doing? How are we doing? as a church, come on. Do you have a more committed relationship to your news outlet or to the word of God? Let's be honest, by the way, if nothing else with ourselves, social media or scripture, I'm not asking you the question of which you spend more time doing I'm asking you the question, which of those two things has gotten you more fired up in the last month? Which one has driven you more emotionally? Which has driven you more to speak? Which has driven you more into conversations with the people around you? Which has you more fired up, social media or the truth of Jesus? See, because we can keep moving and saying, no, 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 we love the scriptures. But how are we really doing being devoted to what Jesus says? Whose voice was louder this week? Talk radio or Jesus? What the experts said or what Jesus says? Uh, the church in the book of Acts was thriving because there was a remnant within it that was driven by the question, what does Jesus have to say about this? And please hear me, they too lived in a culture of a thousand voices and a thousand pressures and a thousand tensions and so many divisions. And yet somehow they thrived in the midst of that because those things did not pull their energies in lateral directions. They devoted themselves. What does Jesus say? That's what we want to do. That's what we want to be driven by. How about you? Again, not asking if you believe the Bible is true. I'm asking how much its truth drives what you decide and what you do. The thriving of the church depends on how you answer that question. The thriving of the church depends on how I answer that question. It should be of incredible concern to us. And so as we think about regathering, as, as we think about coming back together, I, I pray that, that we would ask The most important questions. Are we coming back hungry for what matters most? Are we coming back hungry for the things that will position the church to thrive in the ways that it ought to thrive? Have we listened to the voice of Jesus and the things he's actually telling us and calling us to do in the world, because I think in this season, he's been revealing things in us. In this season, he's been showing things to us and inviting us deeper into himself. The question is, are we allowing what he says and how he wants to lead us to drive? And you know, the truth of the matter is, uh, there were more questions that I was hoping we would ask as we check in, um, as we just honestly talk about where we are as a church. But I, I think this is a good place for us to just pause for a moment and have honest conversations about this area, the truth of Jesus And I say this because I need to ask this question. I've been so fired up and I've been so mad and I've been so hurt and I've been so wounded by so many different things. I've found myself driven to so many different things and driven by so many different things that if I'm honest with you all, I'm not giving myself the highest grade on this. I need to repent in many ways and return to the words of Jesus and just ask Him to remind me of what matters more than anything because I want to be an asset in the thriving of the church. I don't want to be a deterrent because I'm being distracted and I'm being pulled in this direction and and listening to this voice and and allowing other things to, to drive. I don't know where you are personally. But I'm appealing to you not to just make this a talk to evaluate. I'm asking you to consider making this a moment to honestly and truly reflect. Are you devoted to the truth of Jesus? Are you being driven by the question, what does Jesus say about this? Because what Jesus says is what I want to ultimately drive me. And if you aren't sure, talk to your kids, talk to your friends, go back on your social media outlet and see what the last 10 things you posted were. What were they driven by? And what were they driving people to? And let's just be honest, I want awakening and I know you do too. But it's not going to happen in a cheap way. It's going to happen as we devote, as we recommit ourselves to the truth of Jesus. Come on, truth of Jesus over your favorite, you know, news outlet. Truth of Jesus over your political party. Truth of Jesus over your personal rights. If we can make those declarations and start to live them, watch out, people. Gather or don't. Quarantine or not, tension in our world or peace, we are going to be part of a thriving church. And I, for one, want that to be true for Mission Point. We're going to continue this conversation. We're going to continue to be honest about where we really are. And I trust the Spirit of God will give us the humility we need to say yes to whatever it is, Jesus wants to show us. And so Father, I pray, even as we think about regathering, that you would stir in us a fresh appetite for the truth of Jesus. I pray that we would be concerned about being a church that's thriving in the ways that matter most to heaven. And so give us grace, give us humility, give us perspective. And then give us the courage to be honest with ourselves and to be honest with the people around us. Lord, forgive me for the ways that I've been pulled sideways to other voices, driven by other things. I want yours to be the loudest voice and your word, your truth, to be the greatest anchor in my life. It's in Jesus' precious name that I pray. Amen. Amen.